0: Once you are self-aware, you must make a change.
1: Welcome to The Millionaire Woman Show, where
0: we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results.
1: Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Debra Kozowski.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman show where we bring you phenomenal guests from around the globe sharing their wisdom in life, leadership, and business. Today, my guest, Alison Donaghy, is an international best-selling author, entrepreneur, and a podcast host who I got to meet at Steve Ulscher's New Media Summit. Known for challenging people to reflect on new viewpoints, Allison has always had a natural gift to be able to hold space for both sides of a conversation without bias, judgment, or opinions. She ignites curiosity in people to think about their mental constructs that they have built within their lives, but have not stopped to question. And I love her already because anyone who's into curiosity is my type of girl. Today through her Hashtag my part movement. is encouraging the world to defy their belief systems around victim and victimizers. She is helping the world move toward a place of true empowerment by helping people see the true value of everyone, placing themselves as a part of humanity rather than being divided. Allison is leading people to understand that with the right mindset and a bit of critical thinking, anything is possible. Please welcome Allison to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it was so great uh, meeting you. I didn't get a whole great you know, great length of time to spend with you at the New Media Summit, but it was wonderful to connect with you and hear more about the work that you're doing. I know you have your own podcast and you talk about domino thinking and the My Part movement, so I have lots of questions to ask (laughs) you to share with our guests who are, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or also on YouTube if you want to watch this on video as well to have that visual connection with us. And so I wanted to start off because I was telling you, I was snooping on your blog. (laughs) I like it when people snoop. (laughs) So one of the things that came up and I I would love for you to tell our audience more about, and um, I'm going to start with, though, I want to just take a step back because I really want to jump into that hashtag my part movement about owning your part. Mm. And when, as I was going through it and it really relates to a lot of the different things that I found on your website, but one of the biggest thing is owning your part, holding people accountable, because one of the biggest things that I see today is that people, they say they're accountable or they think they're accountable, but they really don't want to be held accountable.
1: (laughs) Uh, you right. Yeah. Or they're insincere when they say it like, Oh yeah, sorry. I knocked you over. Mm, right. It's yeah. 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 I like to tell people
0: own your stuff. Like for heaven's sakes, just own it. I'm not, it's not like I'm going to chase you with something. I just want you to own it and say, yeah, I did this. Mm-hmm. The, the results aren't what I wanted. And this is, you know, or vice versa. Yes. I did this because everybody's great to own what went well.
1: Yeah, yeah. But when things go off
0: the rails, who did who did that?
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else, my alter ego. You know, and I think it's it's systemic in our society because um, there is this fear that if I say I did something, now I'm guilty, and that makes me culpable, mm-hmm. and that means I could get in trouble. People could stop loving me. People could hate me. I could get fired. And so there's so much fear around stepping into owning it. And we lose sight of the fact that our power lives in stepping in and owning it. Yeah. Um, And there is something massively powerful that impacts our relationship with our worth when we say, I played a part in this. And that is not to uh, include shame or blame or guilt or finger pointing or placing faults or condoning bad behavior or letting somebody off the hook. It's not that at all. It is just simply removing all of that inflammation, like that emotional inflammation, and just sticking with the facts. This is what happened. It's not what I wanted. If I hurt you, I apologize. Mm -hmm. Right? How do we move forward? How do we get to a place of resolution? And... um it's, this all started when I gave a speech called my part. And I talked about how I was sexually assaulted in high school. And it wasn't until I understood how I co-created it, that I stopped being his victim. And it was in that, that I found my power. Um, up until that point when it was like, he is horrible and he was bad and him, 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 I was his victim. As long as I was saying that I was still his victim. And so when I got to say, I went to an event I didn't want to go to. I spoke to a guy that I didn't actually like. Then I agreed to go out with this said guy because I didn't want people to think poorly of me. And I wanted to feel like I fit in somewhere because my self-esteem was so low. He came and picked me up. I didn't want to get in his car. I got in his car. We get to his house. I didn't want to go in his house. That wasn't the agreement. We were supposed to be going out on a date, not going back to his house. And at any point in time, I could have made a different decision and I didn't. And because I didn't, it resulted in me getting raped. And I'm not saying he was right to rape me. Um, I should have been able to make all of those choices and not be raped. But the reality is, is I could have made a different choice. If my connection with my internal worth had been different, I could have made a different choice. And so finding that, um, owning that part actually was what freed me and allowed me to move forward from it.
0: So during that time, this is something that, did you have, like, this is an early age too, right? Mm -hmm. Did you have moments where you were like, okay, your intuitive self, maybe not the worst self, but the intuitive self, did it speak to you to say, you know what, there's something not right here?
1: Oh, it was screaming at me. (laughs) And, but then, you know, and I'm having this conversation in my head about it. And I'm thinking, no, I can't say no to him. He's popular. Mm-hmm. right i won't be welcome back in that group people will think poorly of me i'll be judged all of that stuff was very clearly in my head mm-hmm. but my desire to fit in somewhere was just louder and and i didn't realize um how i co-created it for quite a few years so mm-hmm. i spent a long time in that victimhood um really pointing fingers, um, taking it out on new partners, all of that stuff. Uh, but when I did figure it out, uh, it changed everything for me. And then I found myself in another situation and didn't realize I could apply the same thinking <laughs> right. and right. And then I went through that whole situation. I ended up living with a drug addict who relapsed into drug addiction. And of course it was all his fault. Right. And then right. after he died, I was like, Whoa, hang on a second. I'm seeing history repeat itself. I played a part in that as well. Right. So what were the pivotal moments that
0: led you to, you know, learn about this co-creation of being part of that versus looking
1: mm -hmm. at the fault of someone? I don't know if I, if there was any one thing that happened, I think it was just a slow burn. And then it was like that. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) hang on we don't live in a plastic bubble there is this connection that we have each with each other you know everything is connection uh whether it's in nature you know you can sit there you can watch dogs play at the park there's connection there there is a co-creation there's a social agreement that we enter into and then it plays out and understanding that and seeing it you know, it just raises awareness. And I didn't even know this was a thing until I gave a speech about it. And people came up afterwards and said, Hey, how do I do that? And I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe people don't know this. And so then I put the program together and, and worked through it, but it's been a really interesting journey and I've seen it change so many lives, just that ownership part. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm.
0: really, when it comes down to it, taking that hundred percent responsibility responsibility, we have the ability to respond,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we have accountability, which I often refer to as owning your stuff. Mm-hmm. You might and you might refer to it as
1: something else, but that's what I call it. But I, yep. I know you have, you know, own my part. Yeah, I call it. I tend to call that part co creation. Co creation. I I don't want to encourage people to accept responsibility for the entire thing because then you get into mm-hmm. martyrdom. Well, this is the thing,
0: because people don't f- sit back and say, okay, I have 100%, this person has
1: 100%, they think 50-50, but it's mm-hmm. 100% from all sides. It is, and, but again, we don't live in a plastic bubble, so that other person had a level of responsibility and co-creation as well, however you want right. to divvy it up, and it's important that we don't try to own their part mm-hmm. in it, and recognize that we can't force somebody else To be accountable, we can't force them to understand they co-created it and that you know they played a part. Yeah, and all we can do is own our stuff and and have a relationship with our co-creation. Yeah, and I love Um, that we're talking about this
0: because I actually was listening to a meditation today with Deepak Chopra, mm -hmm. and it was all about today's theme was all about true empowerment. Mm. And he talks about these four A's: awareness, attention. Alignment and allowing. So as you were telling me about all of a sudden you had this awareness, mm-hmm. right? That intuitive part of you is like screaming. Suddenly you have a tension there, but there's a misalignment to mm-hmm. have that um, true empowerment part. And then allowing what's meant to come your way is blocked because mm-hmm. of all these other things that are going on. Right. Versus inviting A relationship that had some no our ulterior motives to it right right for
1: sure yeah yeah absolutely I simplify it a bit bless his heart I'm certainly not you know going up against uh, Mr. Chopra but I um, I think that worthiness is the underlying thing for empowerment and when we connect with our internal worth that is our empowerment. Um, that is where we can stand in our power. We can make our choices. Um, we can own our stuff. Uh, for me, worthiness is the foundation of all of our choices. And when we connect with our internal worth, trying rather than trying to get it externally, that is where our empowerment lives. But, you know, however you want to slice it, it, yes. uh, it works. No, yeah. it just
0: made, made me think about just what I learned today and then yeah. how you described your situation. I can now apply it to other places, but that worthiness part, and this is where I'm going to jump back to the blog. Mm. You have this great blog about whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So I'm going to Mm -hmm. let you just tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. It was a quote written by a woman. um, I forget her name right now, but I read it and I was just like, whoa, like this, I have to write about this because it is so true. We think like when I was living with my drug addict boyfriend, I thought, I have no choices here. I have no choices. But when I wasn't changing, when I wasn't being something other than, you know, that complaining, whiny victim, mm-hmm. um, I was still choosing. And um, we, we, we don't think that we contribute that way. And, and we definitely do. Um, it's like silence is compliance. All of those things all fit into that relationship we have with choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's like with the victim
0: or feeling like you have no choice. How do you help um, your clients to realize that they have a lot more choice than they give themselves credit for?
1: Yeah. Part of that is getting outside of that box of what you think choice is. You know, um, Victor Frankel wrote Man's Search for Meaning and he said in Auschwitz, he had choice. He had, he didn't have a choice to get up and leave. He didn't have a choice to find food, but he had a choice of how he showed up, Mm -hmm. how he treated his fellow man. So when I was with my drug addict buddy, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had any choices, but I was mistaken in all of that. I felt like there was no shelter I could go to because there was only for battered women in my town. There was nobody that would take me because there was no facility for that. So I was just like, well, I don't have a choice. I can't leave. My parents didn't know how bad it was because I kept it hidden. They weren't going to help me. So I had no choice there. And I just felt like constantly, I went to welfare and they're like, your life's not so bad. We're not helping you. So I just felt like every time I turned around, but what I, the big part I was missing is I had choice over how I showed up Mm. and I chose (laughs) to show up as a victim. And it wasn't until I could switch that and start to see it differently, was I able to stop being a victim in that situation as well.
0: So what was the defining moment that shifted you to make a new choice
1: and change your situation? Uh, Well, he died. And so that, I think, took that glaring light that was shining at me all the time with all of his stuff out of the, the picture. And then I had nobody else to look at but myself. Like I had nobody else but me guiding my life at that point. And so I had to dig myself out of debt. And I started my first business and I'm raising my son and it became all on me. And then I realized, wow, this is really, truly all about choice. I could have chosen to stay on welfare. I could have chosen to maybe do drugs with him and become somebody else. And so I think, again, it was a slow burn. I didn't have this lightning aha moment where the gods, you know, came down, the angels sang and the skies opened and all of that. Oh. It wasn't, I wish it was, cause that would have been pretty epic, but, <laughs> uh, um, it was, it was more of a slow burn for sure. And then as I started making better choices, then I started to understand choice. Um, I, I don't, in fairness, I don't know if we are ever truly 100% at choice because there's so many layers mm-hmm. to our existence. To the stuff we absorb, to the impact of our family, of Hollywood, of the guy driving down the street. Like we are impacted by so many things in so many ways, but I think the awareness of choice is, is so important. When you get
0: faced with a choice that really has you stopped in your tracks, what are the things that you look for to help
1: you in making your decisions? The number one question I ask is where's my worth coming from? Mm. Right. And if those two choices that I have are not building my internal worth, I have to keep looking for a different choice. Um, We get our worth from one of two ways. We get it from understanding that we are worthy, that we are born a miracle, and we are deserving of our worth, or we're trying to get it from somebody else. And often the choices that we make, we are trying to get our worth from somebody else. We're trying to get their approval. We're trying to get recognition. We're trying to be seen. We're trying to something. So when I'm faced with choices, I always ask myself, where will my worth be coming from if I make this choice?
0: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm and when you think about the critical thinking part
1: mm-hmm.
0: what are some of the things like two things that you want people to consider like you have the worthiness mm-hmm. that's a big big thing yeah. Internal versus external yeah but what would be one to two other things that they need to critically think about
1: i think it's super important to think about what we think about <laughs> we're like where do our beliefs come from are they even ours um so often we inherit what we believe and then we don't question it. Or we come to a conclusion about something like, say, how we want to vote. Like we just had elections in Canada. And so people are like, oh, well, this is how I vote. This is how I always vote. And then they don't actually take that step further to investigate if that party is still aligned with what their values are. And so we just stop thinking. And that creates more polarization. And so that, which would lead to our second part of that question, the second thing we can do is see where we are living in an echo chamber because that shines a light on our beliefs and where they come from as well. Okay, tell me a little bit more about this echo chamber. That's the first time I've ever heard it. Uh, So, uh, you know... An echo chamber is, you know, when it keeps, your sound keeps bouncing back to you, right? So you're in a cave and you say, hello, and it goes, hello, 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 hello. Right. So we do this in social media. We become part of a community. And then we all sit in there and we all hate on something, right? Like maybe it's a divorce um, group. And everybody is like complaining about their exes. And now all of a sudden men are really bad Mm -hmm. and men are the root of all evil and it's patriarchy. And, and the more we hear it, the more we are certain we are true. Right. So when there was an election down in the States with Hillary and Clint and um, Trump, um, they asked if they could mess around with their algorithms online. And so strong Trump supporters were given positive Hillary things, and strong Hillary supporters were given positive Trump things. And what they found is some people changed their mind, some people didn't, but the people who didn't even moved closer to the center, they weren't as polarized as they were at the beginning, because they considered other information. Right. And when we're in our echo chamber, when we're surrounding ourselves with people who think just like us, we aren't entertaining the idea that we could be wrong. And chances are, we're wrong (laughs) yes. because there's always more information around the corner.
0: Yeah. And Mm then people don't, they take things at face value or they just resign to the fact that there's
1: no one else to vote for, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, or they don't vote at all. Yeah. I, I've been saying since our election started that we need to have a, you all suck box, (laughs) (laughs) send me better candidates, Uh, send me better parties, send me better platform. Um, I think it would be, really great to be able to vote that way. I think that would actually be more of a democracy. Yeah. Very true. Very true. (laughs) Tell us more about the moving from
0: victim to freedom state. What's
1: involved in that? Um, Connecting with worth and um, understanding how you co-create things and that we're all connected. That's the easiest way to get out of a victim state. You can't say I contributed to this and I'm a victim. It's just not possible. You can say I was victimized and I've moved out of that, but you can't stay in that state of victimhood. So victimization is the experience. The victimhood is how we internalize it. And so you can't stay in a victimhood state and say that you co-created something. And so it's a really great way to, to extract yourself from one, one side of that
0: very true you can only be in one side or the other you can't it's just like you know feel, thinking two thoughts you can't have failure and success in the same thought mm-hmm. with this so yeah. very, very much so what are you doing to expand this my part movement tell us a little bit more about that
1: Yeah, well, I've just, um, we're in the launching of the next um, offering of our program, the My Part program, and it's an eight-week program. It's done online. It's a combination of video and PDFs worksheets, and then it's a -a one-hour-a-week Q&A. It's small groups, 10 people. Nobody gets sold anything else at the end. Like, my intention here is to give somebody a process that they can rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Uh, because this victim thing is always um, in front of us because we don't, we can't see everything. And so I think if we can give somebody a system that they can just keep putting into practice, we just get better. Uh, we stay in a victim state. Like, do I fall into a victim? Oh yeah, I do. I was tired last week and something happened and I was just like, why is this happening to me? I'm trying to do everything right. And, um, But, you know, I'm out of it faster now because I have the tools. And so I want to offer this eight week time for people to go through this process and then say, now go and live, create this new normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important for them to see that there's a shift, there's a
0: change, but it's a new normal that you're creating. Whenever you do a tweak to your lifestyle, tweak to something that you want to improve upon it is something that has to expand its way to be sustainable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, it's cool having watched people go through it. I never quite know what part's going to land with which participant. And so it's, it's great. I had a woman contact me and she said, thank you so much. This part about uh, understanding the pay value of being a victim um made me recognize I was playing the victim card with my husband, and I was manipulating him with it, and wow. now we've had a conversation about it, and I think you've saved our marriage, and the truth of the matter is she saved the marriage by being willing to see all of this. I just right. gave space for it, but it's huge those little shifts that we make because we are so connected with this um ill thinking
0: yeah. So, Do you have any other stories? I'd love to hear, you know, and
1: generalized, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a half day workshop with a group of uh, happen to be women. And although men go through this program as well, it's the I think sometimes women, it's easier for women because we're practiced at asking for help and men are just starting to learn how to do it. And so I think it's great. Uh, anyway, she throughout this whole half day, she was saying, you know, I don't care what you say. Our marriage didn't work because of my husband. And now we're getting divorced and the divorce is a mess because of my husband. It's all his fault. Right. And, and she kept going on at the end of this. She came up to me and she said, I co-created this, didn't I? I said, I don't know. Did you? Like, I can't answer that for you. Only you can. And she goes, I totally did. And she started listing all of the ways that she co-created it and held resentments and and used the victim card on him. And So then she phoned the mediator and said, hey, can you contact my husband and tell him that I understand that I co-created this? This isn't all on him. And now they're having this really beautifully amicable divorce. And, you know, they're not getting back together and it wasn't probably the right thing for them to do anyway, although some people do. Yeah. But just understanding that, help take that emotional charge out of it. We attach emotion to it in like really weird ways. Gabor Mate, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yes, yes. Yeah. He, um, I listened to one of his videos and he said to a woman, how do you feel? And she goes, well, I feel abandoned. And he goes, well, I'm going to stop you there because abandoned isn't a feeling. Mm. Scared is a feeling. Love is a feeling. Hate is a feeling. Abandoned is not a feeling. It's an inflammation of an experience. So what happened was somebody left you. Yes. You're amplifying that experience. You're inflaming it by calling it abandoned. Mm -hmm. And and you can feel the difference inside when you say somebody left me and somebody abandoned me. Like... It has a different energy to it. So maybe we can extract the feeling or the emotion from the experience. Feeling. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Not just the fact of what happened, but how you felt with it.
1: Mhm. And so I could feel anger about having been raped. I could feel violated. I can have emotions around all of that, but in order for me to work through it, I have to extract them. I have to keep the emotion over here, look at the facts, find this place of neutrality so I can do that. And yep. then when I'm feeling when I'm neutral, now I can take ownership of how I co-created it. But it's really really hard to do it when you're still emotionally charged. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. and you know I am thinking of different situations in my life and you know how we were talking earlier about your show and you know having people who've moved from victim state to freedom state and I'm just going to share and be a little bit vulnerable here um, with you is that there's been times that I have personally made myself small when others felt insecure Mm. and they would make a comment and I thought oh, well, if I downplay it, like if I got a compliment from someone, they'd say, oh, that," they all love you. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that, that, that made them feel uneasy. Right, so I'd be like, it- ah, no, it's, it's no big deal. Like, I don't know what you're reading to. It must be a mistake, you know? And I would, I could feel myself like, it's like, like a grape turning into, you know, or a plum turning into a prune, or a grape mm. turning into a raisin that you are shrinking you could just, or what would be a better example? The shrink wrap, uh, yeah, the shrink wrap, <laughs> right? So if I took a blow dryer to it and how it just <laughs> tightens, or those um, vacuum bags that suck your clothes together, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it makes me think of. Mm. Is that and for there was a time I'm like, oh, that person made me feel that way. Mm-hmm. But what it was is I made the choice to make myself small. I gave away my power. I allowed that to happen. Mm -hmm. So now when I catch myself, I remind myself of the four agreements. Mm -hmm. And I use not to take anything personally because whatever someone says or does is because of them. Mm. And I don't have to, cause this is another thing. I would love to own everybody else's stuff. <laughs> and you know how you said they need to own their part. I need to own my part, but that would be a thing that I used to do. I mm-hmm. would own that their stuff. Cause I'm going to make it all better. Right. Everything's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Well, and that feeds into that image of yourself that you want to portray. You want to be seen as that person who will be there and take care of and everything else, which Mm -hmm. is admirable if it's not stomping all over your internal worth. Yeah. And there, you know, when somebody says that and you can see that they're being hurt, like everybody loves you so much, right? You can see that they're feeling badly about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a conversation and say like, are you okay? Yeah. Or saying, thanks, you know, that's really nice. And, and then check in with them. Mm -hmm. Like, It doesn't have to be that. I know I'm so great. Yeah. But who says that they're not great? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. But, There, I believe, is a fundamental need for humans to be seen. Like, it's up there with air and water. And so when somebody is saying that, well, they love you, that's an expression of them not feeling seen. Yes. So when we can give them the gift of seeing them without diminishing ourselves, that is a huge gift. Yet we can't see them until we start to see ourselves as a whole good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. And so it's this constant exchange all the time. And those people who are like, yeah, I am great. Right? <laughs> that is almost the same as saying, no, they don't really need it. Right. Like it's, it's two, two sides of the same coin. It's still trying to get your worth elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And that's where
0: comparison traps come in as well. Oh, but Tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. Cause I'm sure <laughs> we have some stuff on that.
1: Yeah. When my drug addict boyfriend um, was going through a NA because he had been through it for years. And then when we got to get together, he relapsed. He used to say to me, stop comparing your insides to other people's outsides. Mm. And I just thought that was such um, a huge impact in my life. Like I have carried that with me since he said it like 30 years ago to me. Yeah. And um, it is so so true. And I was talking about it with one of my guests today on my podcast about how we look at somebody else and we think, ah, oh, they have it all together and I'm a red hot mess. Well, I promised you they're probably a red hot mess at times as well. Um, and my guest was telling me about this guy, he was an immigrant and he would collect cans and he got yelled at by a restaurant guy, get out of my garbage, don't ever come back. And he's like, oh, okay. But do you mind if I grab my bag of cans before I leave and the restaurant owner was like whoa you're really serious about this ended up offering him a job he ended up becoming management he ended up being a wow he ended up owning the restaurant and he ends up now selling packages that are like a hundred thousand dollars a piece he's doing very very well for himself so if you saw this man owning the restaurant selling packages of whatever he sells at a hundred thousand a piece you would go "It's so easy for him yeah Tell her I don't to know him the story behind it. Hands, right? And so we we cannot know somebody else's journey, mm-hmm. and to assume that we do means we don't see them. Yes. Yeah. And we're not willing to look at our own journey. Yeah. Yeah. And give ourselves credit for surviving the things that we have survived and being grateful of those challenges because there's silver linings in all of it. And all of that creates this juicy, fantastic person you are today. Yeah. And it all begins with choice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what is one book that has had a significant impact in your life?
1: Oh, man. I have to pick just one. I would probably say uh, Warren Farrell wrote um, The Myth of Male Power and uh, The Boy Crisis. And a year ago, I had realized that I had not been treating men well. I had a guest on my show and partway through the show, I was like, whoa, I thought I liked men. I thought I'd seen them as people, but I hadn't. And when I read that book, um, and they're they're quite similar, so I would say pick mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, when I read it, I was just like, "Damn, like poor men! Like we are so busy hating on them." And it changed everything. I thought I would lose who I was by seeing men uh, when I was stepping into it. Like it was a scary thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. I but my life is so much richer now. I'm so much more solid in who I am um, because the fear is gone. The fear of men is like completely gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this woman to woman because
0: when, <laughs> when we are self assured as a woman in who we are and how we interact with men versus coming from that scarcity, it's us versus them. Mm. I think a self assured woman, it, there's nothing that beats that confidence. Yeah, I agree. In a woman, and they are unstoppable.
1: it is yeah and it's such a gift to show up that way because you're modeling it for other people not that you want them to compare their insides to your outsides but there is something nice about going it is attainable we can do that and we don't have to be afraid of losing out yeah Mm -hmm. so my final question for you is Mm -hmm. is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out Uh, standing solid in my internal worth, right? Everything else after that falls into place. Our relationships do, our choices do, our new normal gets to be fantastic, but that really connecting with our internal worth and remembering that we are miracles, that is the thing that just changes it all. Excellent. So now- This is your time, Allison, to let everybody
0: know how they can stay connected with you and uh, more about the courses you offer, programs. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Let her go. All right. Well, you can find me on dominothinking.com. That's just the easiest place. All the links to social media are there. My podcast is there. My book is there. Um... My, my course that I'm offering is there. There's a quiz you can take to see how you um, view freedom and victim state. And so, yeah, my program is launching beginning in January. If you're interested, just reach out. Awesome. It's, I'm grateful for having you here. Alison is wonderful. I loved
0: our deep conversation and I know I'll be talking about it the rest of the night.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. Thank you. I, you know, there's such magic that happens when we are able to speak like this. And so I so appreciate everything that you're doing out there to make sure these conversations get out there. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening, whether you are
0: listening on iTunes or one of the other podcast players or watching us here on YouTube. We love that you've joined us. And make sure that you share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, your family, because you never know what piece of this interview, the nuggets Allison shared, can change someone's life. And they might start taking hashtag my part. They're going to take their part and lives can change. I'd love for you to go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com, where you can get your free three video series, Making Habits Stick, to really create that discipline and consistency in your life to reach some of those goals that you have on your heart. Um, You can go over to iTunes, subscribe to the Millionaire Woman Show, subscribe to Domino Thinking, Mm -hmm. Allison's show. And go on there, rate, review, give us a five-star high five. Let us know how you like the episode. It is from that feedback that you give us that we create more and more podcasts that can be there to serve you. As Mahan, Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Allison and myself, go out and make today great.